In the world of sports, there's a game changer on the horizon. It's not a new team or a new player. It's a movement. It's called Her Game 2. Her Game 2 is a not-for-profit organisation championing inclusivity and diversity in sports. We believe in a level playing field where everyone, regardless of gender, can enjoy, participate and excel in the sport they love. Join us in making sports a game for all. Visit www.hergame2.co.uk to learn more and get involved. Hergame 2, tackling sexism and championing women in sports because the love of the game knows no gender. It's a fantastic start by the USA. Lloyd with Morgan streaking, she's chipping the goalkeeper! Welcome to the Australian World Cup podcast, Edge of the Crowd's dedicated Women's World Cup pod, where we go into the heart of the upcoming FIFA Women's World Cup. I'm Stuart Kavanagh. With me this week, as per usual, he is my wingman. I don't know about this. I don't know why I'm saying these strange things about you today, Callum, but it's old cow, Callum Logie. How are you, cow? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. I've got two new nicknames in in one (laughs) sentence, which is very exciting. But yeah, no, I'm going well, going well. Starting to see kind of on all the news coverages and everything like that every kind of third or fourth package is about the Matildas or about the World Cup or anything like that which is very exciting absolutely mate they're certainly ramping it up in the mainstream media trying to keep up with us uh, trendsetters here at Edge of the Crowd. This week, we will be discussing how the FIFA Women's World Cup competition is imminent. It is kicking off very soon. As we record, I think it is six days away. Uh, I I can't contain myself, honestly. It's uh, very exciting. We've got Australia versus France tomorrow. Obviously, that will have been run and done by the time this podcast comes out. But regardless, we're very excited. And this week, to uh, discuss this with us, we've got our Australian World Cup podcast social media guru mr jason irvine uh we're all just gonna collectively gush about how excited we are jace how excited are you exactly yeah no i'm uh, joining in on all the gushing i'm really excited i think that yeah less than a week away now i think that you know obviously the culmination of this 70 day countdown that we've been on um you know the last sort of 65 ish days already um and by the time that this podcast comes out it will be i think two days since that first kick off and so yeah i'm really excited I think that, uh, you know, if my excitement level was here, I know that you can't see it, but, you know, sort of like mid-range at the t- start of the 70 days, it's it's gone up and up as we've uh, continued on this journey. And, uh, yeah, it's almost here, so I'm really excited. Lovely use of those hand signals <laughs> on this audio medium, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Callum? What are you out of 10? I'd probably say 10. Yep, I, I'm used to answering questions and not answering them properly. So <laughs> I was very close to saying 11 or something like that but i thought you know what you know what we'll just stick within the parameters we'll say 10 i'm I'm as excited as can be mate with the get up you've got on you can get away with saying whatever you like for all the people you know taking taking notes at home callum is looking very very suave today so (laughs) but anyway enough talking about how good callum looks because he always looks good let's talk about the uh, australian world cup podcast social media feeds jason we're glad we've got you for this because we sort of stumble over it. It's a bit of a last-minute rush. 
But you're the man, you know, you're the Wizard of Oz. You're behind the curtain, pulling all the buttons. Tell us how it's happening over there. What have, what have we got that of note that's happened in, say, the last seven days? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, since we've started this run of 70 days, I think that our presence on social media has been growing um, both across Twitter and Instagram. They're the main ones. You can find them at Australian WC Pod on both uh, Twitter and Instagram there. And uh, yeah, I think that as we've started to build up, as we've gotten nearer to the tournament actually starting, I think that more eyes are seeing this content that we're putting out, whether it's at Edge of the Crowd or whether it's, you know, posted as part of the Australian World Cup podcast accounts. But I think that it's being seen from both ends and it's being seen by a lot of, um, you know, interesting people and people who are, you know, pretty high up in, you know, both the sporting scene and even politics as well. We've had a couple of follows, both, you know, whether it is Edge of the Crowd or the Australian World Cup podcast that, you know, it sort of just speaks to, I think, the volume of like the content that we're putting out there and who's actually seeing it and who might be interacting with it and reading it. And we all know that, you know, like once it starts from somewhere, like, you know, who knows who else is reading that from that point on. And so, you know, only yesterday, Riley Dobson, who's a former Melbourne City player, um, I'm not sure if she played for the Matildas at all, but uh, yeah, she is a professional football player. Um, she followed Edge of the Crowd just yesterday. Got a couple of people following the Australian World Cup podcast as well, such as an ABC Illawarra producer, that's Maddie Date. Uh, she does stuff with Nike as well, and she's a sports content creator. And then we've also got, I mentioned the politics there as well, Tim Watts. He is the Assistant Minister for Foreign Affairs based in New and so, yeah, he's uh, the member for Jellybrand in Melbourne. And so he is following the Australian World Cup podcast account, which is just amazing to see and something that you might not have expected. But uh, there you go. So thank you, Tim Watts, for following the Australian World Cup podcast. But uh, yeah, just in terms of like the posts and stuff like that, they're obviously getting so much engagement now and, uh, you know, getting different ideas. And I think that it helps that we've got obviously the dedicated days we post something, whether it's Trivia Tuesday, Would You Rather Wednesday, throw back Thursday and so our most recent Would You Rather Wednesday which are tied into a couple of the articles that we did on edgeofthecrowd.com this week which you can go back and listen to it was if you were a dual citizen would you rather play in a nation's first ever FIFA Women's World Cup tournament or would you stick with a mainstay who might be in championship contention so what do you got for that one Callum would you would you go with the uh, if you had the dual citizenship would you go with a debut nation or would you go with the with a mainstay nation well in my case i guess i have a south african parent so it'd be between australia and south africa and i'd probably have to pick australia which is the mainstay so it's, it's a fairly easy answer for me just because it comes from somewhat of an honest place <laughs> <laughs> what about you jace what are you going with <laughs> this might sound selfish but it would depend on if i'd already won a championship with that mainstay <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess my answer, whenever I create a player on FIFA, I always make him a Northern Ireland international. Uh, apologies to the country of Australia. Um, that's been so good to me. Um, but I guess I would go uh, I'd go with Northern Ireland. And considering they're not appearing at this uh, World Cup, the Republic of Ireland is, Northern Ireland is not. I guess I would go with the uh, with the debutant. Nice. All right. So that's the chit chat out the way. That's the social media update. Why don't we get into the guts of the episode, boys? Rosa foul, lovely run, great goal, brilliant goal. Rosa foul might have won the World Cup for the United States. As I mentioned in our intro, we are going to be discussing the tournament itself. Now, Callum and I put our heads on the chopping block with some outlandish early 
early predictions all the way back in April. Now we've we've all written so much content. Uh, Edge of the Crowd's just been a Women's World Cup hub at the moment. So everyone who's a part of Edge of the Crowd is just so across what's happening in this Women's World Cup. So it's a bit of a do-over for me and Cal, and you get to join in too, Jason. So why don't we start with, well, one on at the beginning with the host nations group, Group A, Norway, New Zealand, the Philippines, and Switzerland. Let's kick things off. Let's let's start easy. Who are the two teams you see qualifying from this group? Let's go, you, Cal. Yeah. Well, my answer might have been different because, of course, Switzerland had that high-profile injury that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. So I don't know if that necessarily affects how it stands out. Norway are definitely going through. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to top the group. And you know what? I reckon maybe maybe home host rub New Zealand gets through on the second. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Jace, who are you going with, pal? Yeah, I definitely agree with Callum there. I reckon uh, Norway will be topping this group. I think that, uh, yeah, they're obviously a great nation. And so I reckon they'll top the group. And I do tend... Um, sort of agree with Callum there about his assessment between Switzerland and possibly New Zealand but I reckon uh, that will probably come down to that game between Switzerland and New Zealand will probably come down to who finishes second and uh, I probably have Switzerland just edging ahead of the co-host nation. Well not to be a copycat but I'm in love with Norway Uh, I think they're definitely going to be my second team at this competition and uh, you know they're great at football too so I think that they will comfortably finish top of the competition. This is a bit rough for our Kiwi friends uh, Bella Cartman, I apologise to you ahead of time, but I think they're just going to miss out. The home crowd advantage will probably get them into games that perhaps you know they previously wouldn't be in, maybe. But uh, I just think Switzerland are a little bit too good, and Switzerland will go through. So next up, I know we're zigzagging all around the place here, but we're going to go with Group D, which uh, I pegged earlier today as uh, one of the groups of death. There are three teams inside the top 15 in the world in this group. And of course, that group is England, Denmark, Haiti, and China. I'm going to throw to you, Jace. How do you think that uh, this group is going to sort of pan out? Group D, I think that uh, I'll just say from the outset, I reckon, uh, you know, the European champions, England, they're going to be topping the group probably quite comfortably. I feel like they could get the full nine points from this group. I think that, yeah, like Group A, it'll probably come down to, you know, obviously that second place and probably... I feel like with Group A, this will probably come down to who will finish second. You know, you've got 13th-ranked China, 15th-ranked Denmark. So the battle between those two will probably, you know, go a long way into sort of deciding who finishes second and who finishes third. But I reckon... I reckon I'm going to go with Denmark or who finishes second. I think that uh, they've got a really good team. They've put together a really good team. And uh, yeah, I reckon they'll just edge ahead of China. Absolutely. I think uh, I concur with you. I think England will go through with a clean sweep, three wins, nine points. Denmark and China is the crucial game there. And I do think, you know, it's Denmark's first World Cup for 16 years, I want to say. And I think that might just get them over the line. But it wouldn't surprise if, if China pip them at the post too. So I'm already sitting on the fence. I can't sit on the fence. I'm just, I'm going to go with Jace. I'm going to say England, Denmark. What do you got, Cal? This might be tricky, especially because going into the tournament, Denmark and England are not in their best form. Absolutely. They've had a couple of results that haven't quite gone the way that they would have wanted to. You know, England's recent draw, Portugal, Denmark's mm-hmm. recent loss to Spain. Yep, um, absolutely. So momentum heading into a tournament can, you know, change a lot of things. It's, it's you know, we've seen before some surprising teams get through the group stage because because 
some other teams aren't really playing up uh-huh. to their standard. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I think it's going to be... I think England still obviously have enough quality that they'll probably get through. Uh-huh. But I think, I think China are probably the other team to go through. And they could even end up finishing top. You know, there's an argument to be made that the fact that the World Cup is in Asia, it could benefit these Asian teams, particularly the ones that are ranked quite highly a lot. You know, you imagine that they'd have a lot of traveling support. They'd have a lot of expat support here in Australia and New Zealand as well. So you could be right on the money there, Callum. All right, let's move on to group. B, of course, this is the group that we all care about. We have three Elsies chatting about the uh, World Cup on a podcast called the Australian World Cup Podcast. So obviously, we are just hyper-focused on Group B, which of course has Australia, the Republic of Ireland, Canada, and Nigeria. Now, interestingly, Nigeria have qualified for every World Cup, and uh, I'm not sure who wrote this preview. Uh, Kieran wrote this preview, and he gave him no points. Now, Kieran knows a lot more about women's footy than the three of us put together, so I guess um, we'll have to take his word for it on that but uh callum who have you got finishing in the top two here in group b australia because they're going to win the world <laughs> cup that's why mm-hmm. so they're going to they're going to clean sweep the group they're going to win every game it's going to be three or four nil each one <laughs> um it's going to be fantastic Bloody and i'm days. not biased at all <laughs> so australia's going through with nine points who have you got finishing in second place mate it's a good question i think canada canada have a lot of quite strong players who play in the uh, u.s league as well and that's mm-hmm. one of the higher quality leagues in terms of um domestic female players so they have a lot of experience at the higher level and i think they just have i don't know a couple more x-factor players a couple more name players over ireland and nigeria who, who i think will probably both put on a good show i think nigeria have done decently well without being spectacular at their World Cups um, previously and they'll they'll do well for themselves to do so again and, and this is what is a very tough group for them. Absolutely and Canada with the GOAT Christine Sinclair just banging in goals left, right and centre. She's ageless. So uh, as long as you've got Christine Sinclair in your team, I think that you're probably going all right. I concur with Callum. I'm not quite as optimistic as you are, mate, about Australia. I think, you know, it's all well and good to be selling out stadiums, but uh, pressure, pressure is going to come to it. And if there's a if there's a close game, it wouldn't surprise me if Australia falter a little bit. You'd rather drop points in the group stage than lose in the knockout stage, obviously. So hopefully they can get it out of the way then i'm basically going with what kieran has written in his uh, edge of the crowd pe- preview here i think australia will finish top not with a perfect record and yeah canada will uh will be the other team to go through jace yeah i think that you know probably unlike new zealand i reckon like Can- i reckon unlike new zealand i reckon australia um they've probably got a bit more to play for on home soil i think that's you know there's obviously excitement in australia as we know and have experienced i think that it is like you know really really big you know i can't see your point there about Australia possibly faltering after all that hype because there is seemingly a lot of expectation on them I believe and so this is why like I'm probably going to sit on the fence here too because I reckon Australia and Canada will top this group there'll be the um, top two teams to come out of this group I'm not quite sure who will be in that first or second position though obviously Australia having that home support behind them Canada being the reigning Olympic gold medalists think that you know they'll probably come into this tournament with that sort of expectation to perform at their highest level as well and so I reckon yeah as much as it might be a cop-out I reckon those two teams Australia and Canada will finish first and second I'm just not quite sure in what order because you know I think that they'll both perform to their best of their ability they'll both get the results that they need but I think that yeah the other games between possibly the Republic of Ireland 
Ireland and Nigeria will probably come down to it as well. So bullshit answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Group E, mate. And uh, of course, Group E has the two finalists from the 2019 World Cup, the United States and Netherlands, along with a couple of debutants, Portugal and Vietnam. Jason, I'm going to go back to you for this one, mate. How do you have this one shaping up? Yeah, I think that, you know, it might be a pretty easy one to predict just because obviously, like you said, the two 2019 finalists versus two debutante nations. And so pretty hard done by, I mean, the draw for Portugal and Vietnam, unfortunately, but uh, I probably have the USA, you know, with a perfect 3-0 record at group stage here. I think that they're obviously one of the stronger teams of this World Cup, um, obviously trying for three in a row as well. And so I think that they'll get the full points and fo- closely following them, the Netherlands. Callum, I, I, I agree with you, but uh, I probably shouldn't say that because I'm going to give my own prediction shortly. But let's throw to Callum first. Callum, mate, what have you got? Yeah, look, the USA are kind of at a different level in terms of women's football. As Kieran mentioned, they're not untouchable because of their injuries and the personnel that they're bringing. Less experience, there's a chance that they could end up faltering. And as you mentioned earlier, if there's ever a time to falter, it's in the group stage. Mm-hmm. So they're going through... But maybe not with the perfect record. I could see the Netherlands, you know, wanting revenge, I suppose, from the yeah. the final and that sort of thing could um get a point from that fixture, for example. Mm-hmm. Portugal also looks very good leading into this this tournament. And for a debut nation, there's there's nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if Portugal play to their potential and they manage to get a shock result against a USA or a Netherlands, then they could get through to second. Mm-hmm. Having said that. I don't think that'll happen. And I agree. I think it's USA and Netherlands going through. Absolutely. I'm not going to waste too much time on this because I'm going to talk about uh, the USWNT a little bit later on. Spoiler. But yeah, USA and uh, and Netherlands will go through. Let's move straight on to Group C. Group C, of course, has Spain and Japan along with Costa Rica and Zambia. Zambia are the lowest ranked team at this World Cup. So it doesn't bode well for the Copper Queens, but uh, we'll see how they go. I'm going to go first this time. I think Japan will top the group. I think Spain will finish second. I think Japan, much like China, will uh, get a bit of a boost from the World Cup being in Asia. And I think that's going to bode very well for them. And I'm not ruling out a deep run for the... Now, forgive me, Japanese listeners, if I get this wrong, the Natashiko, I think that they will, they'll have a deep run at this year's World Cup and, you know, they might turn a few heads along the way. Cal, who you got, pal? I think that's a very good point. And I think it's also worth pointing out, historically, at Women's World Cups, Japan's performed very well. Mm-hmm. They've been runners-up before. I think they've won before as well. Yep, yep. yep. Um, yep. So, very accomplished players, very disciplined team when they put put it together um, on the field. Massive spirit about them, as we often see with Japanese sides in international tournaments. Mm-hmm. But the quality Spain have been showing and the kind of determination to show that they are the best European team, the Euros don't reflect what their quality is. I think they will top the group, but I think Japan will go through as well. I think it'll be very difficult for Costa Rica and Zambia. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And uh, we did talk a little bit about Spain last episode with that big win over Denmark and how good they were looking. So that's a fantastic point, mate. Uh, Jace? Yeah, I think that uh, Spain definitely has form on their side going into this tournament. And obviously we know their strength. And I mean, I think that I I was the one that did this particular group's preview as well. And I'm just reading it back now and I'm seeing that I put 
uh, both Spain and Japan on seven points. Mm-hmm. Spain above Japan in first position, though. And uh, I'd probably agree with that again. <laughs> this is me agreeing with my own <laughs> prediction from a few weeks ago. But yeah, nothing's changed there. So I think that uh, it's definitely going to be Spain and Japan going through. I think that, you know, since we did these previews as well, quads have obviously come out. And so when we did these previews, obviously I put them first as well. But, uh, you know, like we weren't quite sure how much, how many of the uh, last 15 would yep. be a part of this squad. Um, it's obviously three of those um, 15 players that are part of that squad. But I think that Spain is just too good of a team to not be there and go through to the knockout stages. And I think, like Callum said, Japan obviously had that experience having played in the final a couple of times. And uh, yeah, but I am really interested to see Costa Rica, obviously, they come into this tournament as an unknown and they're probably going to get their first win at a World Cup as well, probably at the hands of Zambia, unfortunately, the debutants. But uh, yeah, if we're talking about who's going through one and two, I reckon it'll be Spain and Japan. In that order? Japan and Spain. (laughs) Another bullshit answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Group F, France, Brazil, Jamaica, and debutantes Panama. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a bit of a tricky one. Cal, I'm going to let you go first this time around, pal. Uh, the order you said it, France, Brazil, Jamaica, and Panama. That's how the group's <laughs> going to go. Now, I'm not sure, actually. Um, I don't know too much about the Jamaica and Panama team. I actually don't know how they'll perform in terms of what happens in the group. But I do know Brazil, and I do know France, and I know that they're both very good. Mm -hmm. And now that we know what the France squad is, it's a pretty good squad. So I'd be I'd be shocked if they dropped points to either Panama or Jamaica. So I think I think France are gonna go through, Brazil are gonna go through. I think it's gonna be in that order just because I think Brazil sometimes take a little bit to get their feet under them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I'm not sure what, what the other result will be. Maybe they'll draw with each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jace, go, mate. Who you got this time? Yeah, I reckon it'll be uh France and Brazil going through in that order. I know Uh that in this article, I'm just looking at it now, I have Brazil, France, but (laughs) it will be France, Brazil. I think that, you know, like obviously they've both been teams that have been like at the top of the Mm -hmm. Women's World Cup. And so I reckon they know like sort of how to get through the group stages, how to navigate the knockout stages as well. And so I reckon that they'll both be up there, both in the group stages and probably deep into the tournament as well. I just think that I just think that France have that more more of an experience in terms of you know performing in those big matches, especially at a tournament like a World Cup, where that might hold them in good stead, as opposed to maybe a Brazil who haven't quite been there. Um, I think since two thousand seven ish. And so I think that you know that sort of World Cup experience and knowledge will probably hold France in better stead to probably top the group over Brazil. Yeah, I uh, I think there's a you could say some similar things about France that that you did about Spain with some players sort of uh, refusing to play and then coming back into the fold. I think there's a little bit of that with them. I think that maybe will unsettle them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also, I think Brazil are going to be firing on all cylinders. They want to send Marta off yes. their first ever Women's World Cup. So I'm actually going Brazil France. For this one, I think that uh, Brazil are gonna are gonna push real hard and 
The France team might be a little bit rattled. I don't want to discount Jamaica and Panama, mm-hmm. but I think that they'll be there. And they were entertained, particularly Jamaica. I know a lot of Australians have uh, taken on Jamaica as sort of their second team and sort of hope that they do well. And I'm sure they'll t- turn some heads and, and, and play some pretty looking football, but uh, I just don't see them qualifying for the uh, for the knockout phase. Now, if it's all right with you guys, <laughs> I'll move on to Group G. <laughs> <laughs> and Group G, of course, is Sweden, Italy, Argentina, Argentina and South Africa. Callum, you're uh, you're a little bit personally invested in this one. South Africa is famously your second team, but you're going to have to wait till last for your predictions because that's the rotation that we've got going here. <laughs> I'm going with Sweden and Fridolino Rolfo, star player, even more fun of a name to say. I think that uh, she will see her team through top of Group G, probably followed by Italy, but Personally, I think it's a bit of a coin toss between these three teams as to who finishes second. I'm just going just going with Italy because that's what Callum wrote a few weeks ago. <laughs> what about you, Jace? What do you got? Yeah, I think that uh, similar to what Callum wrote a few weeks ago. I'm not just looking at this now. I definitely remember it. But uh, <laughs> Sweden is, uh, yeah, probably the strongest team in this group and maybe in the whole tournament as well. So I think that they'll definitely go deep and that all starts with topping uh, Group G. And so I reckon that they will definitely top Group D. They've got stars across their lineup, obviously talent, you know, in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they're pretty impressive on the pitch uh, when they play. And so I think that uh, they'll definitely top this group and with, obviously with those stars, like you said, as well. And uh, yeah, I probably think that Italy will come second as well. I think that, yeah, Italy, you know, sort of have a lot to prove. And I think that they will try and prove that on the world stage. And so I think that, uh, yeah, considering the Italian league growing as well in stature, I think that uh, they'll put that all on show at uh, this World Cup. Yeah, they got to bring some pride to the country because God knows their men couldn't. Callum, you've got a nation anticipating your answer here. <laughs> Have you got South Africa qualifying from Group G, my friend? Oh, look, I don't know. When I wrote this, I was tossing it up between whether Italy would go through or South Africa would go through mm-hmm. because... On the one hand, Italy, they, they do have bigger names. They, they do probably have the bigger league. You know, you see a lot of a lot of high-profile players play for Juventus and the like, mm-hmm. and some of those are obviously Italian players. They, they've got that kind of larger stage accomplishment, I suppose. But mm-hmm. South Africa have a couple of star players and then a lot of players who do play together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I spoke about this in the article and I talk about it all the time on here. Mm-hmm. Having that chemistry is a different kind of, a different kind of factor you can have in international football because... Because, you know, you could have a team full of stars, you know, like Sweden, for example, lots of fantastic players. But if they don't see each other a lot, they don't play together or against each other all that often, Mm -hmm. then there can be an element of of a disconnect. So with that in mind, and, you know, partly out of out of hope, I think South Africa will get through second. I think it'll be Sweden and South Africa and Italy will just miss out. Bout to the pressure of a nation there, Callum. Uh, (laughs) Chemistry cow, that's what they call you. Um, Well, that's what I call you. Anyway. Another weird nickname for you. Sorry, mate. I don't know where all these are coming from tonight. (laughs) But uh, just to be clear, Jason and I have got Sweden, Italy. Callum has got Sweden and South Africa. And uh, like I said when I was was chatting about this group, I think it's a bit of a toss-up between those other three. So why not South Africa? They're just as much chance as the rest of them. Let's move into the final group, Group H. H? H? Whatever you like. Group H. (laughs) We got Germany, Colombia, Morocco, and Korea Republic. Public Callum, straight back to you, pal. How have you got this one heading up? Yeah, well, unlike my the previous group, 
this one hasn't changed in terms of my opinion of how it's going to finish. Mm-hmm. I think Germany are going to go through. They have a very good team. And I'm not just saying that out of bitterness about happened in the Men's World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> they really do have a very strong team, some of the they best really players do. in the world. And I think they could be, I think they could win the whole thing if everything mm-hmm. goes right for them. This group stage is probably putting the pieces in place for everything to go right for them. Um, South Korea are a strong team, and so are Colombia. They're both um, pretty competitive in, in each of their uh, their continents. Obviously, Colombia in South America, South Korea in, in Asia. They, they both give kind of the high, higher profile teams in their, uh, their continents a run for their money quite frequently. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll be very competitive. But I think just probably on goal difference, South Korea will go through. They'll draw with Colombia. They'll probably beat Morocco, as I think Colombia will, unfortunately. For the for the, I think it's a debuting Morocco team. It is, yep. But I just see it as I think Korea have enough about them to not lose as badly to Germany as Colombia may do. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with you, Cal. I think it'll be Germany and South Korea. I think South Korea, much like Japan, much like China, will probably be buoyed by uh, having a World Cup in Asia. I sound like a broken record here, but uh, I think they will get them over the line. And it is those little differences that when you've got a couple of teams that are matched up pretty well talent-wise. It's those little differences that gets them over the line. That's why I've got South Korea in second place. Jace? Yeah, I think that I'll agree with both of you. I think that Germany will go through undefeated, so they'll pick up the full nine points. I think that it will obviously come down to South Korea and Colombia. Um, Morocco, obviously, as you have both said as well, um, that they are the debutants. But uh, I think that, uh, like Callum touched on his, his uh, profile of these, this particular group, I think that Colombia have youth, probably South Africa, South Korea. Sorry, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> I think Colombia have youth, but uh, South Korea have a bit more experience and, you know, a bit more of the older presence um, who have possibly been to a couple of tournaments before can impart that knowledge on the younger crew. And so I think that that will probably come down to who finishes second and who finishes third. And so I reckon South Korea will finish second. So there you have it, folks. Um, Callum. Jason and myself have put our necks on the line. Callum, we know how this goes. We're going to look back at this <laughs> at the end of the tournament and uh, we're probably going to cringe a little bit, but uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to put our necks on the line, give our opinions. That's why the listeners listen to us and it's going to continue on. Brian was in the unnatural position, so it is a penalty to England. No problems, top corner. Callum is next up, and Callum, unfortunately, you're on the chopping block for your prediction of who is going to win the whole thing. Now, you were pretty strong in our preview, banging the drum for the Matildas. Um, You can't just say the Matildas because we're great. I need you to give me who and why. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you the Matildas because they're great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I I will elaborate that on a bit more. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of host nations, the Matildas are probably the strongest we've seen in in recent memory probably next to usa of course Mm -hmm. and i think you know the amount of fanfare that's been around at the amount of coverage seeing images from that federation square um squad presentation was quite incredible i think with a nation around them captivated after what was a pretty good performance from the men's in the men's world cup the fact that we actually have a chance of winning this will really push the players to be at the very best you know i've seen interviews with with ellie carpenter for example who looks extremely determined to um put out her very best and if she does that well we know what 
she can do. And she's one of just many very fantastic players. So I think big players, big stage in their own backyard. I think if ever there's a time that the Matilda is going to win the World Cup, now's the time and Australia is the place. Why not now? Right? Absolutely, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, I hope your prediction comes right. Jace, who have you got? Who are you predicting to win the whole damn thing? It might be another bullshit answer. <laughs> You're becoming no, famous for these, mate. No, because like I'm, I've got a team that I want to win. Mm-hmm. possibly because of bias, mm-hmm. so obviously Australia. Right. I've got a team that I want to win that isn't Australia, mm-hmm. and then I've got a team that I think will win. You're really fucking hedging your bets <laughs> here, aren't you? <laughs> so all in all, I reckon any of the 32 teams can win. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? We'll make it easy for you. All of us want Australia to win, yeah. right? So who's the other team? Just a one word answer. Who's the other team that you want to win? So the team that I want to win mm-hmm. is Brazil. Okay. So you want Brazil to win for the whole Marta yes. narrative. Okay. That's fair. I can respect that. But who do you actually think will win? And this is what I need the why with. Yeah. I think that I think that we'll get a new nation winning this Ooh, tournament. Okay. And it'll be Sweden. Wow. Okay. Tell us why. I've just been really impressed with their lead up to the tournament. I've been really impressed with the caliber of the players that they've been able to gather together for this World Cup. I've been impressed with um, all of their performances, whether it has been club or at international level. And I think that now is a great time for it all to come together at a FIFA Women's World Cup. And I hope that they're there on that last day lifting the trophy. Absolutely. That's an incredible answer, Jason. And you know, interesting thing. You've picked the Matildas, gold. It's a shade of yellow. You've picked Sweden. <laughs> yeah. It's another shade shade of yellow if i pr- picked brazil there would be three different shades of yellow that we've predicted to win the world cup i'm not doing that i don't think brazil will win the world so cup picking jamaica <laughs> <laughs> no honestly i think the united states are going to win i think they're going to win their third in a row i know we discussed last week how that uh or was it the week before with kieran and we were talking about how this is a different United States team, there's a bit of youth, there's a bit of questions in their defense. I I do take all of that on board, but uh, they're just a fucking juggernaut, man. And they win and they're good and they're they're better than anyone else. They produce players and they've done it consistently over 30 years now, just consistently produce players that are at the top level of the women's game. There's nothing that suggests to me that this next batch that are coming through, uh, what's Rodman's daughter's name trinity trinity rodman she's going to be huge sophie smith Mm. massive fan of sophie smith i think those two are going to be fantastic and probably going to take maybe not at this tournament but they're going to take the united states you know into the future and probably to another level and uh i just don't see i think the united states honestly they have a monopoly on women's football at the world stage at the moment much as i really really want i wanted to be callum and pick the matildas and you know and i'd love so much for that to happen i just don't see not us not just us any nation breaking the monopoly the united states have they we we went through the groups before right united states ranked number one germany's ranked number two sweden's ranked number three i think you can make an argument that there is actual daylight maybe 24 hours of daylight between the United States and Germany. Like, that is the difference in class. And, you know, the Marta narrative is a compelling one. 
and I would love to see that too, failing Australia, winning the World Cup. Obviously, I'm in love with Norway and I want Norway to go a long way. But uh, the United States also have a compelling narrative and that's Megan Rapinoe playing in her final international competition. Yeah, I just I just don't see anything else happening. I'm that steadfast about it. I, I just think it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. And I think we'll have some fun on the way. It doesn't mean the tournament's not going to be worth watching. I think we're going to have some fun on the way. And, you know, it's, it's all about the hope for every all the other 31 nations are hoping that they can win the united states just come to tournaments mm -hmm. and win so i think that's what they'll do again yeah i think that uh they're obviously on the verge of history um becoming the first team to get the, th the three-peat mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think that they're obviously very strong probably too strong for a lot of other nations and so i think that it'll be hard to you know obviously beat the USA they'll obviously go deep I know that I said that I wanted Sweden to win so I hope that Sweden at least beats them but uh, <laughs> yeah I think that yeah even um, Megan Rapinoe right like you know even if she comes off the bench like she's going to have an impact and like you said like her value to the team like she's going to impart that on the younger stars as well so I think that yeah just that sort of like level of knowledge being passed down I think that uh, it'll definitely help the USA this tournament so I agree with you there yeah, Cal, you got anything to add, pal? Not too much. I mean, we said the USA is a different team, and Kieran went as far as to say that they're no longer invincible. If they're no longer invincible, they're still pretty close to it, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just in terms of the quality they have. And yes, some players are missing, but they still got Alex Morgan, they still got Megan Rapinoe, they've got, you know, all sorts of extremely high-profile players who are still there, still playing. And it's going to be a very, very tough task to overcome the USA team. And just because it's a different-looking team, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I let all the air out of the balloon, a little bit of the uh, excitement in the room um, with my passionate and I would say compelling argument for the United States winning the World Cup. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Obviously, I hope Callum's right. Yeah. But uh, we'll, I guess we'll see. That's what the excitement's all about. But we've got a few more predictions to make, boys. Let's go with Golden Boot. And uh, I think it's my turn to go first. I haven't forgotten the rotation this time. I'm going to go with a homer here. I think Sam Kerr will win the Golden Boot in a uh, in a in a Matilda's team that goes very very close. Jace. Yeah, I would like to select Sam Kerr, but I reckon possibly. Spain uh, might just go a bit deeper than the Matildas, and because of that, I'm going with Esther Gonzalez. Okay, nice one. Interesting. Cal, who you got, bud? Um, that's a good question, because I was going to say Sam Kerr, and you've now thrown me through a loop. <laughs> you can't um, have all the Matildas picks, mate. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, that's a good question. I think, and this is purely for the narrative, Marta. Wow. Yeah. I think if Brazil, go, off the bench? if Brazil go deep, and, mm -hmm. you know, they use Marta kind mm -hmm. of to her best ability, why and you know in short spurt and she could easily get two off the bench you know and then all of a sudden she does it again and it again mm -hmm. and by the time they get to the semi-final she has seven goals yep. in yep. like 180 minutes right so yep absolutely fascinating uh good picks there cal so you've got marta jace mr gonzalez and i've gone sam kerr so we'll see how that pans out now the final prediction we're going to make here is for the golden ball which is of course the player of the tournament who are we going for here boys Cal, i'm gonna go for our friend the the woman with the best name friedelina rolfo <laughs> <laughs> god damn you that's who um, I was going to pick. No yeah. bullshit. I really was. <laughs> Look, I just think right now there's not a player that's better than her. Um, there are teams that are better than Sweden, probably, but mm -hmm. she she is incredible. Like you watch her on a football pitch, and it's it's captivating. It's you know every touch she looks dangerous, and she could even be in her own half, for example, right? 
it's, it's <laughs> that kind of talent, that kind of player. I'm just very excited to get to see her play. And if she plays at her very best, then Sweden will make a deep run. You know, could come third, could make the final. And if they do get that far, then I think you'd have to probably give the Bloods to, to roll her. Absolutely. I think that's a real solid pick, mate. Jace, who have you got? Yeah, I reckon... You know, like for all that's been said, we obviously know that the USA will go deep, could possibly win it. And obviously, Rapino won the uh, Golden Ball last year, okay. last edition. Yep. And so, but I reckon it'll be a teammate of hers that right. won it this time. I reckon I'm going for Alex Morgan. Okay. Nice one. That'll be good. So, Callum, very cruelly, <laughs> I would never do such a thing to you. Stole my pick. <laughs> So I'm just going for a player that I really like and I've, I've fallen in love with over the past couple of months, Ingrid Engen from Norway. Definitely not the best player in Norway, but it's not always the best player that wins the golden ball. She can play both ways, defense and attack. She's pretty solid in the midfield. She plays for Barcelona, if you put any stock in that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I just wanted an excuse to talk about her. So that's what <laughs> that's who I'm picking for my uh, for my golden ball winner. Because you don't talk enough about her at home, really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to throw that in there. Fair, fair. Right, um, I we... think for the sake of it being the Australian World Cup um, podcast, um, I might throw Carpenter in there just as a mm. as a dark horse pick because she's fantastic. Okay. And she's she's a young leader on the team. She's 23 and she's been around for like eight years on the international level. She She's, you know, getting close to starting to end her prime. She's fantastic both ways, which is similar to, to your, your phrase of Engen. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of who might be a most valuable player for Australia and if Australia do go deep and I think Ellie Carpenter is probably in that conversation absolutely yeah I think that's a really good shout and obviously uh, Ellie Carpenter was one of those names that uh, Kieran put on the bench though of his uh, all-time greatest Matildas 11 uh, that article you can find on edgeofthecrowd.com to see who else made Kieran's team Absolutely. That's uh, that's why you're the social side, Jason. <laughs> I'm just going to throw something at you guys, right? Now, obviously, we've established that we're all Matildas fans. We all want the Matildas to win. What is a nightmare scenario for you? Like, what is the last way you want to see Australia eliminated from this World Cup? I'll go first because I'm springing it on you. I'll go first because I'm springing it on you. A lot of people will say, oh, I'd hate to go out. Zero wins straight out of the group stage. My nightmare scenario is we finish second in our group, English England finished top of their group. We play England in the round of 16. The last thing I want is for us to be eliminated from England at a World Cup in our backyard. That would be a nightmare scenario for me. Jace, what have you got? A nightmare scenario for me. I think that, you know, you sort of touched on it there. Like, no one wants to go out of the group stage, um, mm-hmm. much less with a 0-3 record. Let's let's take that off the table because that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> a nightmare scenario. All right. A nightmare scenario would be that we do scrape through probably um, mm-hmm. in that second position but it comes at a cost of drawing against Ireland losing against Nigeria and then so that Canada game becomes the game that we need to win and that we do win mm-hmm. just to get through but I think that uh, yeah if we drop a game to Nigeria I think that'll be you know it'll, it won't look good talk <laughs> about letting all the air out of the balloon if we draw with the Republic of Ireland and lose to Nigeria the uh, the hype the frenzy that yeah. the Australian public has been whipped up in will uh, will certainly die down quite yeah. a lot yeah uh, a weak group stage is your nightmare scenario coming to match day three and needing to beat the strongest team in the group yep, yep. okay no worries that's a good one actually that's a really good answer Callum, what's your nightmare scenario? Um, my nightmare scenario, I think, is a little bit more realistic. It's going out in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think we'll do well in the group stages. I don't 
I don't forecast having having those kind of issues. And I think if this Australia team get through the group stages, they're going to get through their first elimination round. Mm-hmm. But I think if they run into a particularly strong motivated team like a Spain, a Germany, a Sweden, a USA in the quarterfinals and lose, I think that would probably be the most deflating way to go out in a home World Cup, especially when you know you are a moment away from a semi-final, which means there's already a prospect at a podium position, I suppose, if you to put it into into racing analogies. So if you just fall short of, of even even that stage, I think that would probably be the most devastating, and that would be my nightmare scenario. Absolutely, quarterfinal elimination and a penalty shootout, maybe mm. that would mm. be uh, that would be a nightmare. There's some good answers, boys. Let's hope we haven't uh, manifested anything in the last five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Against Kerr. And it's saved. Kerr might get to the rebound. She does. Sam Kerr gets her 32nd goal for Australia. All right. It's time. It's made a return, Callum. I've seen the dread on your face the second you had a look at the uh, the run sheet here, pal. We've got the Australian World Cup podcast rapid fire trivia. Callum, you've had a bit of a tough time. Okay, you've lost a couple. I know you don't need reminding, but I just thought I'd remind the listeners. Are you ready to go, mate? I was ready as I'll ever been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to go up against you, Callum. Oh, I good, drove... good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I drove down to the studio with the uh, with Jace today, and he was telling me that he was he was legitimately nervous <laughs> for this uh, segment of the podcast. So you don't be nervous; be... you'll probably win. <laughs> 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 You're in with a legitimate shout here, pal. So uh, let's just dive into it. Lucky for me, yet again, I don't know how this keeps happening, but I'm out of the firing line again, and it's Callum versus Jason. Are you ready to go, boys? Yes. <laughs> yep. You know the rules, Jace? I mean, I've hosted one of these trivias before. Okay. Uh, so, oh, well, so yep, uh, just yep. buzz in with your name. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, no bullshit answers here, Jace. All right. <laughs> no. I'm, all right. I'm being serious now. I'm in the I'm in the zone. <laughs> You're in the zone. Okay. Question number one. What country was the runner up in the twenty fifteen Women's World Cup? Callum. Oh, Callum. Japan. Fantastic. Yeah. Jason, you yeah. now have the dubious honor. <laughs> Of being the first person to be behind to oh. Callum in a quiz. Oh, I think I got the first one against Kieran. I think I got the first question right. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and then maybe. he came back to win in, in typical <laughs> in typical Matilda's fashion. <laughs> okay. Question number two: Who was awarded the golden ball in the 2011 Women's World Cup? Jason, you were quick off the mark there, Jace. Yeah. yeah. Only because, obviously, we said Japan was runner-up. I know that they won in 2011, mm-hmm. and it was Homer Sawa leading the way. He's got that bang. Wow. <laughs> what a wow. comeback. Callum, you're on the ropes again. <laughs> yep. Well, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's a clean slate from here. Okay. Yeah. This is a tricky one, boys. Question number three. Which goalkeeper has the most clean sheets in Women's World Cup history? Callum. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I think Jason, oh, Jason got it. There, sure, sure. Okay, who you got, Jace? Would it be Hope Solo? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Callum, who you got, mate? Um, I was going to say Nadine Angara. <laughs> yes. 
Oh my god, it's history of the making. Calvin's up two one. Um, so stuff. Interesting thing about that one. So peeking behind the curtain here, I've been doing some research in the efforts of trying not to lose. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't. <laughs> During the 2007 World Cup, Angara, I think, only conceded something like one goal in the whole tournament. Yes, that's right. So, I think we might. Did we discuss this on the podcast a couple of episodes ago? We maybe talked about it off camera, but there was there was like. <laughs> An instance where Germany was so, so dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, fantastic. That's great. Callum, you're up 2-1. <laughs> All We're right. Question number four, and no pressure here, Jace, no, but know. if Callum gets this, he wins. You, you're sitting across from me, Stuart, and you can see that I'm, I'm he's, tuned in. <laughs> he's sweating bullets, Callum. He is sweating bullets right now. All right, question number four. How many times has the Women's World Cup been held outside of Europe and North America? Jason. Jace. All right. We're obviously, hopefully, counting this year. Yes. Yeah. We'll count okay. this year. Yep. So it's two. Very good. It's two. <laughs> Jason's back from the dead, and it is a level ball game here. Callum, are you ready? Yeah. Yep, let's let's go for it. Oh, I think <laughs> you know we can all see this question. And I think you both know the answer here, so I think it's just going to be whoever answers first. Question number five: Which team was the first from Africa to qualify for a women's World Cup? Jason. <laughs> <laughs> that was so quick. That was so quick. You hardly finished answering the question. <laughs> I, I really just wanted to get in here quickly just to hopefully avoid any embarrassment. Honestly, we're going to have to ask the other Jason if there was any dead air between me finishing speaking and Jason saying Jason. That was quick on the mark, mate. Okay, what's your answer? Okay, no pressure on me. No pressure. I really hope that I get this right, Nigeria. Very good. (laughs) Callum, so close, my guy. No, it's okay. Um, oh, I can hear I, the I, hurt in your voice, Callum. I've um, I've uh, built a narrative in my head that I'm throwing every time. Yeah. So you know, I just need to, I need to prop up our guests. You know, I've got yeah. to make them, make them feel welcome. Absolutely, I'll support you on that. Callum mm. is very knowledgeable, and he is also a very gracious and polite host. <laughs> so, commiserations, Cal. Congratulations, well, well played, Callum. Yep, well done, well done. That, I've got to tell you, boys, that you was should go on a quiz show, Jason. That was yeah. so. Good. Honestly, my heart was beating all through that one. I think that's the most exciting quiz that we've had on this one. That was incredible. I'm entertained, so I'm sure the listeners will be entertained. That was fantastic. Good work, boys. Goal given. Australia lead for the first time in the match. There goes the full-time whistle. That's all for today's episode. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Be sure to join in all the fun of Edge of the Crowd 70-day countdown to the FIFA Women's World Cup at edgeofthecrowd.com and be sure to follow our Twitter at AustralianWCPod or you can follow the website at Edge of the Crowd. Why not follow both? Callum, do you want to give people your social media so they can maybe reach out to you, mate? Sure, yeah, no worries. I'm I'm still on Twitter, remarkably, <laughs> at Callum underscore Logie and um, you can also find me on Instagram, callum.logie.com five fantastic jason do you want to uh share your socials yeah no problem you can follow me on twitter and instagram they're both at the handle at jason herbs fantastic you can find me at stewie is sick of it on twitter and you can find me on instagram and threads at stewie the sports guy uh big threads guy at the moment it's a good time <laughs> over there yeah we need to get an australian world cup podcast threads account okay we'll yes yes we will anyway thank you for joining us on the Australian World Cup podcast. Be sure to join us for our next episode when we will be in competition recapping match day one. I'm so excited. Callum, 
you excited for that one? Oh, definitely. Man, I, I feel much more qualified when results have happened. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to give us your five-star ratings. Until the next episode, that's Jason Irvine. He's Callum Logie. I'm Stuart Kavanagh. And this has been the Australian World Cup. Podcast.